kids are sad sheets. I like to pee outdoors. You should follow me on Twitter. Let's watch. It's jokes to car. Not duh like duh. I don't know that's funny. It's duh like French. So it's jokes to car. Follow me now. Welcome to Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl at Carl.Sucks. Uh, hi, Carl. Hi. Carl.Sucks. Yeah. Hone in on it right away. This, this the... Now, what happens if I go to the Twitter handle Jokes de Carl, as mentioned in our theme song? What happens? It's a private uh, account. That's what happens. No, you just, I guess, I don't know too much about Twitter, but you can follow me now, or you can follow me on the underscore one. For the record, Carl's Twitter handle is Carl underscore 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 underscore. And that's obviously a C. It's not Carl with a K underscore 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 underscore. Welcome to the show. Uh, the premise is in the title. The title is L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's what you can search for to start your subscription on your favorite podcast machine and listen to us. Or just pump our numbers up. We love you either way. And uh, the premise is simple. You go to YouTube with us and we watch a movie together as with us. Carl, what's the movie today? Today we are watching Cult of the Damned, 1969, Cult of the Damned, 1969. This is what you put in your YouTube browser, your search engine. I suggest, okay, it says Jennifer Jones, Cult of the Damned, and it's T. Lear, no, it's T.L. Carpenter 3 is the publisher. Okay. T.L. Carpenter 3, one word. So the Carpenter uh, TLC sounds good, and uh, it is age not restricted. That's kind of neat. So, yeah, we want yeah. you to go ahead, press Jennifer Jones, Cult of the Dam, uh, and hit pause. And uh, when you're ready, uh, we're going to do a countdown, and you're going to click go when you hear go, uh, the arrow. And, Carl, we you have none. As- oh, good, good. He is here. Okay. We have, yeah, we have the masters of the descending numerals, the countdown king himself. Uh, let's get ready to Brumbaugh, Paul Brumbaugh. Hey, evening, Paul. Well, good evening, gentlemen. How are you doing, Carl, over on the, le- on the right coast? Welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you. All right, boys and girls, you know the drill. Put that finger over the triangle and do it in three, two, one, go. I'm really excited. I'm super excited. All right, American International Pictures presents. That's the most hippie introduction I've ever seen. It's all hippie. We can't do the shuttle launch without Brumba. Oh, we can't start. We can't start the movie without Brumba. Oh, excuse me. Tarzan. Are you sure that's Tarzan? That could have been yeah, some other ape man. So. I think Tarzan ripped it off. Did you know he just ripped off uh, Xantar's act? Xantar, the uh, really? Yeah. He took the ah uh, and the lion cloth all from Zan. Oh, that, that was an homage. It was in the style, you know. Style. Oh, he was in the style of it. He would be remiss not to mention the influence that Zartan had uh, given. We are uh, just 
well, I'm not going to describe this movie because obviously you are watching this movie yeah, and listening to the you, podcast. Man. Yeah, it's as Carl right. reminds me every week. Yeah, it it's is the John aesthetic. Weissmuller, who was that Tarzan call, and I'm sure he made My it up. First Do you think he was in the set at the time? In the studio? Uh, I don't know, but when you hear that Tarzan call, the, the person's voice you are hearing is Johnny Weissmuller. Yeah. He does that's... that, like, almost uh, yodel. Do you think he yodeled in the jungle? Well, he cracks his voice like a yodel. Uh, oh, 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 it is a yodel. This movie is, like, a, a great movie. I love this movie. Now, the thing is, we oh. love American International Pictures. Yeah, there's two men in the shower. Oh, shouldn't be telling you that. You have to, you well, know. She's denying it. She's saying my father was not a homosexual. This is the childhood memory of when she bumped into her father showering with the man. Yeah, uh, sure. That was called my bar mitzvah. <laughs> Co-starring Lou Rawls. And I, I have a, a special announcement from Lou, Lou Rawls that I'll be playing during the show. So, I could do it now. Sure, whatever you'd like. All right. Well, I love this, these credits. I, I think we should hear her talk. Also a king of the financial jungle. <laughs> letting us know that uh, her daddy is rich and her mom is good looking. And her daddy's like the billionaire, biggest rich guy ever. And the mother is like... Debutante. She grew up in Santa Monica Pier, so just in perfect bad movie, we'll see Santa oh. Monica. Yeah, thank you. That's my bad movie role that we see Santa Monica uh, Pier and... Uh, <laughs> And she used to star in stag films. Oh. And she was a cigarette girl, and the rich guy was like, I like you. Married. Which movie is that? This one. Oh, all right. I'm ex- I'm Jennifer Jones is, the, is the, the wife. Jennifer Jones, probably best known for, I don't know, this movie, Towering Inferno. Uh, no, she's a, she won an Oscar for this thing called The Song of Bernadette. She huh. was in a... Yeah, she was like a big-time movie star, and then she got soft. Tower of, uh, Towering Inferno, like you said, it's her last film. Okay. She hey, Linda Johnson. She just before this film. This is great art. They save so much money on the set design with these collages. Yeah, that's right. It's photo collages and art collages. A woman named Shirley Kaplan, um, Shirley Kaplan, for the movie, made them. She was yeah. commissioned. And it's all about what's going on in the in the scene. It looks great. Oh, here he is. I messed up. Would you tell me when you get to five minutes and five seconds? Okay, sure. Thanks. Hey, that guy's not oh. wearing anything. He's not wearing anything. Yeah, well, this is the incident in which... But she saw, you know, she went beauty. in, saw him in the shower. The next thing you know, he's playing cool and naked. She had been working as a cigarette him. girl when she met my father. He seems like such a happy gay dad. It is and not true that my mother ever like, made these out of He's embarrassed. And later on, my mother uh, was Cinderella. The memory will get confused with the person who's in her life at the moment. I'll show you that. You know, right. it's the. But she's given some. So it's the the daughter is the the hero of this movie. That's right. The daughter. It well, it's her journey. I'm not sure she's the hero, 
But yes, it's her story. So I guess she's the her- heroine, yeah. Okay, so uh, speaking of heroine, I am almost to five, what is it? 505. Okay, so 503, four, five. Thanks, man. Now we're in sync again. So she was cutting her own hair. Okay, here she is a little older, and now she's a little fat girl, and the parents are bickering over there. What I do is my own Where are they? look like they're at the Tonga Room. That's the Tonga Room. The Tonga Room. It looks like a, little, a classy, swanky uh, nightclub. Well, yeah, they're restaurant, and it's Los Angeles. Do you think this is what Los Angeles rich restaurants look like? In 1969, I guess, yes. God, that's right. It's 50 years ago. Right. Yeah. This is our... It's just Erno. It wasn't Franco. Franco and... and uh, shit. Oh, I fucked a joke up. There's a famous restaurant oh. on, on Hollywood. And, and I was going to make a joke about it. American? No, it's like... Well, the, I, I was going to say... It's Frank and er, Erno or something. I was going to say it was, it was so long ago it was just Frank. <laughs> but I fucked the joke that up. Was good. But that was the jo- the joke premise. See, that's what you get from this podcast. I don't actually <laughs> tell jokes. I just tell you a, a very lazy premise, and, if I, and then I have to research it. <laughs> Will you? Okay, so now what happens is like it was a big fight. She stormed off. He's all pissed off, and he's like, "Listen, here's a t- plane ticket. Put her. She's going to like finishing school. Put her on the plane for me, Mister Maitre D. Here's like." 800 bucks or a thousand bucks you know so now the maitre d for the night see they made a mistake he her flight was not tonight it was tomorrow night so she had to spend the night with, with the maitre, the maitre d? d Ugh. and then he expected a tip family. well so she's listening to it right now i guess half the night with his wife and two sons they really loved me so it's just her as a little girl watching the action and then her reminiscing as the voice. Or is that the voice in the little girl's head? She's like narrating. She's talking to us as an audience. She's sort of narrating. I gotcha. And now she's growing up and she's fat. And that's like a big deal. All right, but she looks very skinny. She's fat in 1969 pounds. Like, what I mean is, today, there was that, um, do you remember that movie in which the, uh, there was a black girl who was fat, but she was beautiful, and all Bridget. sorts of messed up stuff happened to her, and she would fantasize she was famous? Oh, I just saw that movie. Uh, that's Amy uh, Poehler, right? What's the name of the movie? Uh, it Could Happen to You, or... I don't know. Brendan, do you know a movie with Amy Poehler where she thinks she's pretty? All right. I asked a youth of today, and they don't even know this movie. So all I'm trying to say is, if because I don't think we're talking about the same film, but if there's a movie today in which there's a fat person, they are obese. They're as big as a house, you know? Right. Um, but back then, she was like super, super chubby. Here she is. There she I mean, is. Does she look... Yeah. She looks great. I mean, but she is obsessed with the fact that she's fat. Okay, so what's happening here is finishing school is over. And so the mother is throwing a coming out party for her. Nice. You know? 
So she will be announced to the world, like her schooling is over and college is done or whatever. And here's my daughter, uh, Tara Nicole. So what is it, isn't it redundant? I mean, are we all trying to finish school? Finishing school means, <laughs> finishing school means, okay, you've had your education. Now we're going to kick it up a notch and teach you how to be a classy broad. What does that mean? Well, it means that, you know, she's an heiress. And look, she just cut herself. Oh. Like she was trying to commit suicide. Yeah, she failed the, the finishing school for sure. And now, now there's a guillotine. The oh, she's killing herself? Yeah. And I'm making jokes? What a bastard. Oh, she's thinking about daddy's boyfriend. Yup. Here comes the guillotine. Oh, she did it. Now, look, though, she's not going to kill herself or anything. And she didn't do a very serious cut. It was almost superficial. So you, you give that a one star. Suicide. For, for suicide attempts? Yeah, one now, star. Jennifer Jones, who we're watching on screen, you know, in her cut with, this, uh, with Tara, she really did have a suicide attempt just before this film. Oh. This film was like, I got to work. I got to work. I got to give me something. I mean, she was like a 40s glamour actress, but just sort of like... Do you think the audience at the time was aware of that uh, fact that she attempted to commit suicide and then saw that while watching it in 1969? No, no. But they were half aware of her. It's like, if you were a person growing up in the 40s, then you would know Jennifer Jones's name. But if you're growing up in the 60s, she's already a little... You still know Humphrey Bogart. You still know... Well, Humphrey you know. Bogart in the 60s. Uh, hang on, I want, I'd love to hear her. She's she's like uh, chewing the scenery. I'd love to hear some of this. Oh, I think she's got a burp. She's snorting jewelry? No. She's going to say fat. She's just upset that she's fat. Fat and dopey. And stupid. The truth is, it's really the mother's party. I got playing right. ice hockey this afternoon. Have you been slitting your wrists, young lady? I'd give you anything in the world. Thank you. Is that her gay dad? Yep. He's aged gracefully. Even flying lessons. <laughs> <Some> <laughs> yeah, or he was an old-ass young guy. We've been a mummy in a plane with me flying. So now we're learning that she's a pilot, you know. You know, basically, she he said, like, I would give you anything. And she's like, you already did. I'm even a pilot. A TV pilot. Hey, Carl, this movie was shot so long ago in Hollywood. Uh, Musa or Frank's Grill was just Frank's Grill. <laughs> that, is a, that is a long time ago. The man had not even been born. Yeah. The Brown Derby was uh, the really nice, brand new Brown Derby. <laughs> By the way, her name is Holly Near, Karen yeah. Nicole here, and she was in Slaughterhouse Five in 1972. Once again, as a fat person, going, "I'm going to lose weight, and it's all for you." Do you see that film? Yeah, I think I did. He's uh, Billy Pilgrim is unstuck in time. Is that the yep. film? Yep. Yeah, I did yep. have seen it. It's a real uh, curio. And so. Th- that's it. She did this film. She did Slaughterhouse Five. She did other films too. But I'm just trying to say she was always the fat girl. Huh. So she went on to become a feminist folk singer. Good. Yeah. After all these Hollywood roles. 
And yeah. uh, Holly Near. That's right, Holly Near. And she's like still today. Um, she's out there? Well, maybe if we have time, we could listen to yeah. some YouTube, uh, Holly Near. Oh, she is acting up a storm. Later, boy. It's going to pay him. Stop it. Try, try, but he didn't seem to understand. Language barrier. Cockney. She's saying, I'm a virgin. That means I'm a loser. Yeah. Because if you put a V sign on your head, forehead, go ahead, Carl, do that. You got you got the V sign for virgin on your head? Now just tilt it. <laughs> tilt it about 40. Now it's an L. The scarlet letter. Loser. <laughs> okay, here she is, the beautiful mom. And the mom will admit, okay, this party was for me. It wasn't for you. And I'm an asshole for doing that to you. And I'm so sorry. Well, that's honest. Yeah, it's so honest. That explains the adult gift packages and none for the kids. Now, she's also horrible. She'll say stuff like, you're a fat loser and nobody would sleep with you. She says stuff like that. I was was thinking Astrid. I wouldn't say that you're fat, but Shallow Howe called and said you were too fat. (laughs) Yeah, even when the Shallow Howe had the whammy jammy on him, he still saw you as fat. You know, uh, Tony Robbins is in the news, the guy who played himself in Shallow Hal. The one who put mm-hmm. the whammy jammy on, J- on ha- Shallow Hal? Yeah. <laughs> God, she that was movie. She in the Mod Squad, and she was in the uh, Broadway's Hair. Oh, cool. I like Mod Squad. Yeah. Dick Clark Productions. She went on a tour with uh, Jane Fonda for Peace. And Ms. Magazine called her Woman of the Year in 85. She's a great hippie. All the way till, you know, hippie, hippie, hippie. When you say she was on tour with uh, Jane Fonda, was it during her uh, Army? 1970. Army show? Uh, Well, I don't know. No, I don't think so. I think it was in the United States. It was a cross-country protest tour in 1970 with Jane Fonda. We watched the movie. Remember that? We tried to watch it. Hey, let's listen to the soundtrack because it's really cool and trippy. You and I saw that film? I don't think so. Once again, and this often happens, when you play the sound, it goes... And I can't hear anything. Where'd it go? It's going through the port. When you play it on one computer, it's like that. And you play it on another computer, it sounds great. It's all through one computer. That's why we need your donation so we can get a second computer. Uh, be terrific. We just use this teletext and a fax machine. Uh, Billboard faxes us the top 10, the top college uh, radio station 10, and we play that. It's a little out of date. Number one is Cracker. <laughs> Number two is uh, Third and Ezra. Number three is Smack My Bitch Up by The Prodigy. I don't know how that got in the charts. So she is tripping out. Now, none of the music I mentioned is playing at this 60s freakout. Well, what's going to happen now is she's going to fall in love with the charismatic rock star. There's mom. All right. And she blows off mom. She, she's All she's doing is staring at this rock guy. He's like a rock god, and she like can't get enough of him. Cool. A real rock god? <laughs> this movie was not called Cult of the Damned. It's just that there was the Manson murders were in the news. Oh, you're kidding and, you me. Know, American International Pictures, you know them. They're exploitation. Anything to sell tickets. 
So since that was in the news, they changed the name from Angel to Angel, Down We Go, to Cult of the Damned. And they played up, there's the rock star, they played up that he was the leader. So but 1969 was the Sharon Tate murders, right, in August? And so... Not, not no? when this was filmed. Yes, you're correct. This wasn't filmed with... Sharon Tate was... It wasn't in the news at all, but when it was just about to get released, yeah. Is, now, this is the song, Angel, Angel, Down We Go. Right. Now, Morrissey recorded a song on his first record called Angel, Angel, Down We Go. And I should have researched that and gone and listened to it on YouTube and seen if it was the same song. But I didn't because I would have to listen to Morrissey. Okay, we, here's our playlist. Holly Near, Greatest Hits. Yeah. Uh, Shirtless Rock God, Angel, Angel, Down We Go, original. Right. Then uh, Morrissey, Angel, Angel, down we go. That's my angel. And, uh, now, Col- some of these songs are good, but Angel, Angel, down we go is a Fuck you, man. This is music. <laughs> you okay. just don't get it, man. You're just negative energy, you punk rocker. I'm acid rock hippie shit. It goes, Angel, Angel, down we go. It makes no sense. <laughs> It was written by, well, okay, the, the point of the song, and it does make sense, no. is you're an angel, okay. but I'm a corrupter. Oh, so, so I'm going to get wrapped up in your life, and then we'll begin to go down together. Oh, what an ass. Yeah. Angel. Oh, so, he's a total ass in this whole film. Well, at least there's some pie. Oh, she's going she's gonna to eat all that shit, right? Look well, this is the only time in the movie where we see her addiction playing out and she will eat yeah oh now, we i won't see. see that for the rest of the film but we don't need to well i guess i guess they made their point yeah. now i thought the reason why they called it cult and the dam because it was a double feature and the cult and the uh, and the dam were playing <laughs> the cult was playing and the, the dam. dam was playing that's very good who would who get top billing um what year is it well, this movie is 1969, but I guess let's say well, 1985. Then they were little kids. <laughs> the Cult and the Dam. <laughs> That's great. So this, Captain Sensible was like two years old. No, six years old, now, probably. Yeah. Now, I really hate this movie, but this director did a good job for what the movie's supposed to be. He did exactly the right thing. It's his only directorial credit ever. Huh. And I think he made a mistake to quit. He's a playwright. He was a screenwriter, a playwright, a poet. He did a lot of scripts for international, American international. Oh, so they gave him an opportunity to do this this hippie film. Exactly right. Yeah, it's pretty downbeat for a hippie film. He wrote Wild in the Street. Oh yeah, yeah. Which was I one of those movies where I, yeah. I heard about. I another, uh, the premise of the show is that there's a lot of movies that I read about. Uh, bad movies that I read about and I never had a chance to see them and now with YouTube we can see it and uh, Carl and I will riff and, and talk about the movie and whatever over it yeah. but uh, Wild in the Streets I've heard about for decades and they finally yeah. played it like on TCM and I was so bored like almost immediately yeah it's just it's one of those ones that you know because it impacted uh, the history of B movies I don't know oh well there's a okay. there's a narrator who says meet Mercury face He's a killer, the blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. just tell us. Don't don't show us. <laughs> don't bother to do it. 
Okay, so she almost got hit by a car, and guess who it is? It's the uh, singer. Oh, wow. He's pissed. Like the director was saying, did you see she was running through her party, and she was going, hello, hi, good to see you, hello, and she was running through it. It's almost like the director was saying, run to <laughs> the incident in which you're going to meet the rock star. Were you, were you trying to hit me on purpose? Not at all. Hop in, roadkill. <laughs> I mean, But she baby. really wasn't. It was a total fluke. And she doesn't say, I'm running to find the hippie. I don't know. The director was just doing a... This movie definitely helps me. I, I definitely want to run from the hippies after seeing this movie. <laughs> no, he, he ran, she ran to the hippies. She ran to the hippies. Run to the hippies. How's that for Now we're learning that uh, his name is Bogart and her name is Tara, and she's he's basically insulting her. Like, I don't have your dad's money, but I got millions, and I could give a shit about you and your fat girl party. And she's like, I'm the fat girl. She almost dropped me in the lobby. Born in the back of a Ford. He's saying why he got named Bogart. Delivered me in a parking lot. Now long. Fed me baby food. Well, the mother was pregnant in a Humphrey Bogart movie, and it was like, that's it. It's time to have a baby. Oh. uh, That's why he got named Humphrey. Oh. That's really exciting. I think it was the African queen. They could have just called him queen. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, When he uh, takes her virginity, which was coming right up, we will see that photo collage stuff again and lots of lots erotic of art. Bogart, and we'll hear machine gun sounds like taking your virginity was killing her. Well, Bogart this is guy's a machine gun. This guy's a bad scene. See how stressed she is? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not a loser. You are. Oh, he's taking her lines. He's right a jerk. Right now, baby. Baby, gonna grab ya. Uh-oh. What he's saying is you're not gonna be a loser anymore because I'm going to lay you. Right, because... Now here they are. In the in the woods, away from his friends. And he goes to kiss her and she's like, he's like, you have bad breath. He's just terrible. Baby, I want to fuck you in the woods. That way my friends won't see us. Come on, our friends. Right now, he insults her breath, and she goes. He goes, "No, I dig it." Like he, even though he's going to have sex with her right now, he's a mean. Hey, smooch. Let's see if he says that romantic line about breath. He's doing it right now. Wow, your breath stinks. <laughs> your breath stinks. Oh, please. Oh, no, 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 no. I dig it. I dig. It is the kind of film that gets me mad when I watch it because everybody he insults. Yeah. It feels to me like if I was there, I would be like, you know, you know, calling an Uber. I'm going home. You know what I mean? Like nobody stands up to him. That like the more he insults them, the more they they want him. Well. That's because your breath stinks. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it, baby. Okay, so that's, now... That's the best way to piss someone off, is, is <laughs> whether or not it's true, and it's of course it's never true, right. but mentioning someone's body odor or breath, 
and just yeah. watch how like the rest of her day is ruined. Yeah. And the thing is, like, you, you could be on a date with a very beautiful girl, and you'd be like, did you just burp? Because you, you know, she totally <laughs> turned off to you. Oh, my God, are you farting? Tell me you're not farting in my car. <laughs> Was that a fart or a burp? <laughs> I need to know for my Tinder review. One star. Oh, there's the flowers photo collage. Are they listening to Lou Rawls? No, we're about to meet Lou Rawls. This might be a good time instead ever to do a commercial break. A first. We don't really see a lot of pumping. We see a lot of hugging. And right. then... You see how, like... That's a famous painting and her... Fa- okay, so it's over now. It's over now. All right. See, the well, collage will start turning into he shot her. That sex scene was brought to you by Lou Rawls. Who says, do it for them. You have high blood pressure. Here are good reasons to stay on your medication. You know, there are people around who need you so. They shower you with love just to let you know. They want you to be there to see their dreams come true. But you won't be there if you don't take care of you. So do it for her. Take your blood pressure medication. You won't do it for yourself. Do it for all the loved ones in your life. This is Lou Rawls saying, don't let high blood pressure lead to a stroke, kidney, or heart failure. Treat it and live. Stay on your daily medication, if not for yourself, for them. Do it for all the loved ones in your life. A public service of this station and the advertising council. Thank you, Lou. Lou Rawls, ladies and gentlemen. That was a commercial break, the first for our show. That, uh, Lou has a very, very good heart, but in 2003, yeah. um, he had a dark chapter. But most of the time in his history, he was really wrapped up with Sam Cooke. They went to high school together. And no. We're meeting him right now. He's to the top left of, of her. Okay. Well, these are the photo collages. And we're reading Roddy McDowell. Roddy McDowell? Yup, there he is on the right. <laughs> Petting her. Planet of the Apes was 68, right? Uh, Planet of the Apes was so many years. You know what I mean? And he was in the first one. Uh, yeah, he was in almost all of them. I think he skipped one. Oh, Beneath? Where they were beneath the Planet of the Apes? Maybe. That Maybe movie was a, that was a new low in the franchise. Okay, I got it. I got it. That was a real low. Beneath the Planet of the Apes? Uh, oh! How, how low could they sink? Good one. He appeared in four of the five Planet of the Apes films, having originally played Cornelius right. the Eight, same year. Right. Uh, uh, no, a year before. Okay, so he went from ape makeup to hippie rock man. Right. And here it says, unable to reprise his role in Beneath the Planet of the Apes, 1970. Called it. Yep. Because he was directing a film at that time, actually, is why. He was doing a one-man show, I Am Not Cornelius. In Britain. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. I Am Not Spock. (laughs) And then his later one, I Am Cornelius. Well, then he says, all right, he becomes the voice of the, the new super smart ape that goes back in time. 
Owen to. Did you know uh, you're playing the ape history? I didn't they teach that, that in class in Montclair State University? Did they teach you Planet of the Apes? <laughs> nope, not even in film school, not even in zoology. One of my but, but the thing is that I know it from seeing it, and he played Cornelius. He also played the Sun. Yeah, uh, it, it was like Romero or something like that. It was Caesar, um, right? And and the first one. The uh, plane, the plane guy, Fantasy Island guy, helped him escape. And in the second one, it's like when the Planet of the Apes got taken, when it became the Planet of the Apes. Battle for the planet. Battle. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the TV show Planet of the Apes, which they then re-edited into TV, two-hour TV movies that would play on channels. And one of my favorite TV movie based on the TV show. They called mm-hmm. it the abandoned city in the planet of the apes. Okay. And I'm like, that is really like, specifically points out like, <laughs> I can't wait to see the abandoned city in the planet of the apes. <laughs> I've been waiting to visit that site. Yeah. Oh, a city on a story. planet? Get the fuck out of here. You're kidding. Can't wait. Anyone there? It's abandoned? Well. You ever notice that, like, anytime there's a science fiction uh, film, it's always like the planet's a one-trick pony. It's like Hawk, the ice planet. Like, right. The whole planet is, you know, Alaska. Or, you know, it's Endor, the forest moon. Like, the whole planet is a forest. Not like they have forests, and then but- there's the Arctic, and then there's... By the way, right now, he's like, call home, phone home, phone home. They, you know... They haven't seen you in like two days as you've been hanging out in our hippie house with my band. When she refuses to phone home, he's like, fine, I want to ransom them. (laughs) He's such a jerk. You know, I I just want, I like the fact that when people land on the planet, they land exactly on the spot where the crisis continues. And if they resolve it, it's resolved for the entire planet. So that's right. That's right. Like they like use, they get to like a space house. Some, the perfect places where you oops just happen to crash land. Well, we crash land in a forest. It is the forest planet, and uh, there is uh, a, I meet a family, and there's an earthquake, and I save them, and I yeah. defeat the local villain who happens to live in the abandoned city of the planet, and that's it. The planet's <laughs> saved. That's right. The whole planet is saved. It's like you. Uh, it happened a lot in Barbarella. Her mission was to find this guy. So right. She, oops, oops. Oh. Did, yeah, but I didn't really... you happen to know this guy? I know. There's right? so many whole plot holes in Barbarella. I don't <laughs> yeah. even think she Luke, was okay, queen. Like, Luke Skywalker crashes into a swamp, and it's like, oh, hi, I'm Yoda. <laughs> he landed exactly in his backyard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not 50 miles off. Uh-huh. Yeah, Absolutely. And what about the aliens that land on our planet? They're no better. They happen to land in a place where someone will help communicate Washington, with them? I'm like, just a remember, young... Um, planet stood still? Yeah. Like, all right, we're going to go to Earth. Land in some white kid's backyard. That's right. Oh, it's the son of so-and-so corporation. It's the exact right, perfect thing. Yeah. Oh, done with it. Oh, there's the... Now, is it true Lou does not sing in this movie? Yeah, he doesn't sing at all. Listen, I'll show you why his heart is big as an 
example. October 2005, listening to Akron Radio Morning Program. Lou and Nina Rawls heard about a local woman who was about to lose her home after coping with medical bills for a special needs son, put her in arrears in her mortgage. They immediately telephoned the radio station, and they donated the amount of money that brought the mortgage to a current status. They're like, you handle it next month. <laughs> huh. But, I mean, that's the kind of example he'll... he'll like, doing the heart... Uh, yeah. Look, in 2003, this is some dark... Stuff. Okay. Hey, all can we appreciate that? We see. All right. Go ahead. All right. She was. She was topless. I just had to bring that up. Oh. Okay. Those are some fat ass titties, baby. <laughs> For nineteen sixty nine. That was inappropriate to me. Yeah. Now, now you're definitely you're banned from her folk music. Now what he's saying now is. You are a pilot. I know that for a fact. So you are going to take us parachuting. And she's like. You trust me, a person you don't even know, to fly. And he goes, nobody goes parachuting because it's safe, which I beg to differ. Not true. Not true. Well, it's to waste a lot of money, right? I mean, I have a lot of money, and I just want to jump out of it. See what he did? It was Jigsaw. You didn't see? No, I saw Jigsaw in the background from Saw. smacked her face. She's on the ground crying. Wow. Fuck. You missed it. You but missed look, it. But look at that guy right next to her. It's fucking Jigsaw. From Saw 1 and Saw 2 and Saw 3 and Saw 4 and Saw 5 and Saw 6 and Saw 7 and Saw 3D and the movie Jigsaw. You might find this funny, but I did not. I didn't. I never saw. you never seen Saw? No, it just looks so stupid. Oh, you got to Seesaw. And Seesaw too. When I was a kid, I... You Seesaw? Oh, yeah. Well, now as an adult, you should Seesaw. So now they're all scared, and it's a missing person. And she's like, call the cops. And I have my own people on it. The cops only. Um, And she's like, she's all I have in the world. And he's like, oh, so you don't have me? And she goes, you own me. That, and he goes, that's the only way you have anybody in this world is by owning them. Wow, that's kind of an asshole. like, newsflash, she's all you got, too. And does he actually perform? Like, does he leave the house? What an asshole. Yeah, he goes to Hong Kong all the time on business trips. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, throughout this film, he will be making money. He's got a you Hong know, Kong connection. He was going to be an attorney, actually. That was he had no oh, interest in acting. But he didn't care. I actually know that the law, the law association said you're too much of an asshole to be a, a, an attorney, <laughs> and it really gives us a bad name. <laughs> we're not even putting you in the. We, we're going to throw you out of the bar, but we're not going to let you join us. I can't believe you never so, see saw. Uh, he goes. He's going to go into school, but then there was the draft of World War II, and he's like, "Yeah, but I'm a student," and they're like. No, you're not. You're in between bachelors, and maybe you say you're going to be an attorney. What do we know? So he had to go. He was drafted into the Navy. And then a, during a speech class, the instructor, he's like a drama guy, was like, you, my friend. He cast him. He, he loved the play, and he was acting ever since. He was in the Twilight Zone in 59, but he was the narrator for the first two seasons of the Twilight Zone. Wait, what? You mean like in the... In 85. Oh, in 85. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. The narrator. 
Wait, wasn't it um, the guy from Rocky and the Penguin from Batman? The, that guy didn't. I thought he did the narration for the eighties Twilight Zone. I don't know anything about uh, Twilight Zone narration except the internet. When I was looking up him, well, the well there told me there's there's currently it's uh uh you know what's his name and then beforehand it was what's his name no uh-huh. it was uh. Rod Serling. Rod Serling was the one from the the original one who created the show. Yeah. Yeah. And they did Night Gallery. He always said that. Uh, Now, you see that they're wearing her rings. Somebody is wearing her rings. Huh. Is this a swingers party? Oh, look there. It's foreshadowing to the, to the, on a future event, the fact that. Now they're literally down they go. They're wearing her jewelry. He's humming his stupid song. Angel, angel, there we go. <laughs> oh, luckily we won't hear that song again. Some of the songs are very good. Jordan Peele, that's who, uh, he's the. He's currently doing the show. He narrates it. Mm-hmm. But in the 80s, I thought it was Burgess Meredith. Uh, because well, he, you know, uh, it says he was the narrator for the first two seasons of uh, 85. So I don't know, maybe, yeah. There was a 90s Charles version, Peele. too. Uh-huh. Or 2000s, I think. I like the 80s ones. A lot of them were directed by uh, Wes Craven. I, I'm always Craven, Wes. I love that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. They dropped the camera with them. The Skydivers. So she's a pilot, and she's going to, you know, she's all happy. There's, I don't know. Who brought the piano player? <laughs> This soundtrack, uh, I told you it was these uh, two people, Barry Mann and Cynthia Files. But some guy named Fred Harger made all this stuff. Huh. He did, he did the music for the big keys. Yay! What part? X-Force. X-Force. Other movies you never heard of. X-Force. That was in Deadpool 2. He has his team called X-Force and they parachute out. Oh. They're called, um, oh, I forgot. Is it this trippy music that's making you forget? Yeah, I guess so. I'm being so happy. Oh, I'm so happy. They I'm going to watch. an interesting name for the band, and I, I'll have to look it up. Uh, is it Moby Grape? Uh, Strawberry <laughs> Alarm Clock? There's a lot of interesting <laughs> band names back then. Yep. Guess who? I give up. Yeah. Yep. Film she made. It's all untrue. She's saying that her mother was never in stag films. That was a lie. And once again, he's just being a meanie. But she was in stag films. Yeah, but the you know the husband spent a lot of money to buy every single one and destroy them. She's denying. You know they. I don't know. Huh. So she's like, my father's not gay. He's gay. My mother is not a stag film person. She's a stag stag person. The people who did this music, they were part of the Brill Building. Do you do you know that? Yeah, it's like uh, they they produced pop music from the nineteen twenties to two thousand and nineteen. Right, and this was their like last foray into music. So apparently, the Brill Building was like a financial place, like banks and stockbrokers. But when the uh, all those stockbrokers went tank uh, in the Depression, 
it was embarrassing for them, but they had to rent it out to these music people because they were willing to pay the money. So all different kind of uh, music businesses, not one company or something. So you would like write a song on floor four and then you'd take the elevator to floor six and say, what do you think of this? Huh. So, That's so cool. try to sell it to publishers. You know, that reminds me of the, the Puck Building is another building I always, I'm always interested about in, in New York City. Because mm-hmm. uh, John Rivers uh, had an album called Live from the Puck Building. Ah. And Spy Magazine in the 80s was uh, located in the Puck Building. And what was, the Puck? What the, let's get the Puck out of here. Yeah, so uh, that's another. Now look, you see the face yeah. of the, see, now it's become the face of our famous rock star. What he's doing is he's saying, I'm going to sleep with your mother and uh-huh. I'm going to sleep with your father. And they're teasing her. He's going to get, you know, and uh, then she's imagining. This guy's kind of cruel. the worst thing in the world. Her boyfriend, the guy who took her virginity, is going to screw her parents. Yeah, not cool. Not cool. Carl, I, I disagree with you a lot about a lot of things. I respect your opinion, but I think finally we have one thing we can agree about. Yeah, which is don't, fuck. don't fuck your girlfriend's parents. Now look, your virgin girlfriend's parents. hanging upside down. And the band is walking her along like she's a pig on a spit. Huh. Terrible, terrible. They're such mean-spirited people. They're awful people. Now they're going to bump into the mom. And I don't know if this is all in her mind. Yeah. I guess it must be, right? Well, she's flashing back to the, the pool party. With or without mother. Mm, mama. With mama. They are a bad trip yeah. of a band. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Your acid rock, the bad trip acid rock. <laughs> Look at her upside down. It must have been so unpleasant for her. Seriously. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not, up, I'm not there yet. I think we're at different times again. Oh, okay. Let me go here. I'm at 4258. 4210. 4211, I mean. How is okay, that so possible? Now I'm at 43. So I'm going to pause it at 44. Okay. And I want you to tell me when you hit you 44. Well, now, now they're um, in the party because beforehand they were just <laughs> saying shit to her, talking shit. Now they're in the, now they're walking shit. Okay. Oh, mommy, I love you. You're the most beautiful woman in the world. Now she's going to insult Damn right. Her. Right. Damn right. You were born rich. I was born poor. But I have class. Class. <laughs> So this is, is really happening. You don't. I don't think you don't get so. Class I think it's in her mind. School. Okay, here we go. 57. Oh, 44? We yeah. still got another minute. I'm at 43. Okay, so I'm going to pause at 44. I don't know how I got different. It's the second time. That's odd. Okay, so I'm stopped at 44. All right. I'm just watching mom berate uh, daughter who's hanging upside down. Her, uh, the daughter hanging upside down, her cousin is Kevin Bacon. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. One degree. Yeah. Of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, that's right. It's one degree. It's one degree. Mom's kind of an asshole. Really. Tell me when it's 4401. Okay. All right. We still have time. I could rip that out a joke. 
By Carl. the way, it's Kevin yeah. Bacon. Yes, Kevin Bacon. I wouldn't say this movie is old, but when it was made, Frank Musto and Franks was oh, fuck. Uh, was this uh. called Musto? <laughs> Just Musto. All right, here we go. Fifty nine zero 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 one. Thank you. Now they're driving they in their driving cookie in a car. car. Yeah, okay. it's a crazy Oldsmobile. Like literally, it's an Oldsmobile. Now the reason they're happy is she's not in any trouble. As a matter of fact, the mom and dad said, "Why don't you bring your new friends over?" They Uh-oh. don't know anything about him. That's they're a bunch of troublemakers, though. Oh, oh this is Santa Monica, right there. Out. It's Santa Monica. I don't think so. No. Yeah. Well, we, oh, yeah? it's just a different beach in the back. Maybe ah, man, they're no, going wait. to go to Santa Monica Pier, okay. which you think is a. It's a bad movie point when they have that in uh, it, Venice Beach. It's her backstory, you see. Um, that's where she comes from. So All I don't right. know that it's the same kind of thing. Well, they use it as a shorthand for like wackiness or kookiness or, you know, like the movie Mixed Nuts with Adam Sandler and Steve Martin that took place in Venice Beach or Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Mm-hmm. They lived on Venice Beach. Or Dana right. Carvey in Clean Slate. He lived also... Oh, Hottie and the Naughty, which we did. Yeah. Before yep. I got yanked off of YouTube. Other ones we did, like Surf... Hmm. Oh, like it's the a one Bikini where the guy world. remembers he was a surfer in his childhood, his youth. That's Surf 2? Uh, I, I know it's a Bikini World is shot there. Right, another good example. So, American International Films, and it's a Bikini World. Yeah. I mean, excuse me, Santa Monica Pier. They are themes of your show with you know your movie picks <laughs> i do like the beach movies <laughs> no but it's b movies from american international and santa monica you say is always an example of a movie that's probably going to be pretty bad well uh, southland tales they have like a big uh, military futuristic military compost and they also have like anarchist punks that hang out on the beach mm-hmm. uh you know it's i what i feel is that it's great that movies are shot in Los Angeles. It used to be like a cheap way to make a movie, but a lazy writing, as you would say, way of uh, connoting wackiness or individuality or kookiness yeah. is Venice Beach. You know, oh, uh, right. Hot Moves from 1984. They hung out on good the ones. Beach. Yeah, that was maybe what I was thinking of. Yeah. Wait, was Hot Moves a mem- remembrance of his? Remember, they stole the surfboard he caught the guy right that was a National Lampoon movie and I was like yeah 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 surfing it had like Matthew Lillard in it I recognized the right, poster right. more than the actual name they did they re-released it we saw the re-release version which added additional scenes of uh, non-characters mm-hmm. saying I can't believe the main characters are going to look for that surfboard yep. yeah and it was Hottie and the Naughty Guy was one of them <laughs> good going that's right that's right, yeah, the, the wacky... Uh, the, the repugnant guy. Yeah, the repugnant guy. I would call guy. him wacky. I meant to say repugnant. Speaking of repugnant, he is just... This guy is just going off. I think you should all stay to dinner. We thought maybe we'd all stay overnight. Oh, uh, that would be... We're the only family bogey has. You see, we protect him. We black Afro-Americans believe that that voice of his comes right up from that 132nd black Afro-American blood. He's 132nd black. I know, he doesn't shut up about it. It is an octoroon, right? It's, what is a 32nd? It's an 8 16 Oh, God, I don't remember. I don't. 
Wow, nice dress. So yeah. what she's doing is pretending to like them. And now she's complaining, complaining to the husband. I don't trust them, and it's bad. They are hippies. Roddy McDowell, by the way, is almost my Star Trek connection. You know, we have to have one each film. Uh, Roddy was original choice for this, that Trelane. Do you know the Squire of Gothos, 1967? The episode? No. Yeah, the guy was like, he became Q in later. He was Q well, later anyway, on? Yeah, well, he was a member of the Q Collective. If you're a Star Trek person, you know, so I'm just going to let you know that he was going to be Trelane, but they thought Roddy McDowell would just make Trelane too gay. Uh, we didn't get it. Uh, that would have been like a trifecta. Planet of the Apes, uh, Angel Angel, Down We Go, and Star Trek episode. And origin- being a, per- a guest in the original Star Trek, yeah. Uh, so he also had the chance to be a voiceover in The Next Generation uh, in 88 to this character called Armis. I don't know, but he did, he lost. He didn't get the part. So he's my Star Trek close enough connect. Fair enough. Yeah. We like to find Star Trek now references. She's taking pills. Good. Is it green as her suit? I hope it's, it's winter tranquilizers mint. because she's like, do you like him, mummy? And she he goes, yes. But he's definitely someone you have to take tranquilizers before breakfast <laughs> and wash them down with a Bloody Mary's. Right. Now he's like, I'm going to sleep with you, lady. Maybe you'll adopt me. Maybe I'll adopt you. Listen to him. He's so right. awful. Oh, Let me lady. tell you about a lady. So and now mom. he's going to insult her by doing a song about her. He calls her like a whore. This audition's over. But it's not. That's the thing. You'll get the part. It, it, every time you mean to somebody, they like them more. Is there even a band playing? It's just like they got the music down, and he's in the studio. It's just laying down. The- well, he's doing the vocal track to a recording that they made. She's getting. She's getting it. This song is about me. What a fucking prick. You don't like this movie? Uh, no. (laughs) I want to... See, if I was her right now, I'd be like, could you get out of my house? You know, it would just end it. You know what I mean? Get out of my studio. They don't do that. Right. With all of Daddy's money, you know they could have gotten him beaten up. Yeah, escorted out. Yeah. Listen, we need you to leave our family estate musical studio. You're like, you're like, when did he write this song? When he wrote it today. He wrote it today. It's about me. <laughs> Remember he was hanging out in his white underwear between you and me? It was after that. He wrote it in feces too, Mom. Ah, does it. And so the thing is, like, the daughter's like, please like him and it's like why why does he I mean he took her virginity but they're not boyfriend girlfriend I don't know I don't know he still hangs out he mooches off of her <laughs> I bleh. um listen I want you to know that uh, Roddy McDowell met his best friend Elizabeth Taylor seriously Elizabeth Taylor yes. on the set of Lassie Come Home 1943 Oh, they were they... friends until he died in 98 
You know who they were Lassie friends come with? Home. You know you who they Lassie were? Lassie then too. They were not friends with Lassie. Well, Lassie was distant and hard to be friends with. Um, I think once you read this book, you told me the story, uh, Hollywood Dogs at Drink. Hollywood and Dogs that at Drink. was Lassie at that time. It was hard to get close to him. Yeah. He was, he was not. He was very distant. Yeah. And one time, you know, like Lassie would go and drink. What was that place on Hollywood? <laughs> what was the name of the bar? Uh, Formosa. The Formosa, right. And yeah. the family would call and the bartender would lie. And then the bartender would be like, Lassie, that was your family. They want you to... They want you to... Yeah. Lassie, come on! Come on! You were supposed to say the punch. You were supposed to say the punch. Oh, I was supposed to do the punch, but you did, it, you did such a great job. Yeah, that joke never gets old. And I should mention there's a song called... Uh, uh, well, Benji's Gay by Triumph the Insult Comic Dog where he talks about the various Hollywood dogs about their sexual perversions and then there's a Family Guy song called Cartoon Characters are Jerks which is basically a rip mm-hmm. off of that so my idea is not that original there is a bit oh. where, they, where dog, Hollywood dogs are talked about their sexual so as well as, I think that you thought of it independently so it means you're in pretty good company in terms yeah. of the being funny department I think also when I heard the Family Guy song and I thought that was such a rip off of the Triumph the Insult Comic Dog I said well uh-huh. if they do it I might as well just you know not worry about it so what's happening now is they're insulting her and putting her down and so she's going to storm out and so what, what the rock star is going to say is this is my opportunity to bag mama sleep with mama and so he goes you guys hang out. You know, I'll be back. Watch, watch. He's gonna listen, Cat. I'll follow all of you in a couple hours. Um, See, I'll catch up with you guys mother. after I bang. Right, and the, the she is horrified. The daughter horrified. Yeah. Kevin Bacon's cousin. Oh, I know. She called Kevin and told him. And he said, "You know, I'm only twelve at this time, but <laughs> thanks for letting me know." He goes. Why don't you leave the nice lady alone? And then what does she say? It's okay. No, I even don't worry about Nicole it. Puts up with you. I like your grump, your uh, bar guy voice. Thanks. Can you say he's last he's call for me? D. He's the he's the maitre d that she went home with as a fat girl. Oh. Yep. Uh, this is their place. It. This is their joint. Good for her. Roddy Dow won a Broadway 1960 Tony Award for Best Supporting or Featured Actor in the play The Fighting Cock. <laughs> Wait, the Fighting Cock? FYI. He's so rotten to her, and now he's going to follow her home and sleep with her. And then the, the she, she's horrified. Wait, the mom's going to really sleep with him? Yup. And, and say that he loves she loves him just before he like steals her jewels. Now, wasn't, now uh, he's remembering the, the night with the uh, maitre d'. And the mom will complain, you're not a millionaire. You never give me stuff. <laughs> Let's listen to her. All right. Where? Her father, Palm Springs. Shut up. She's gone God knows where. She should go to hell. She's been <laughs> there. She came from there. She's what he said she was. And he's what she said he was. In front of the mom, the daughter. She's got diamonds. All women. All women. All women. You never bought me diamonds. They've got maids. 
A lousy monkey on the phone. A gardener. Who knows what he was. It's I'm not sure. fair for the wife to be like, you never gave me diamonds. How could he give her diamonds? You never got me a maid. Of course not. Do, does she, she has a maid though, right? What do you mean? She's got a maid, sure. Yeah, I'm No, sure. I'm just kidding. Okay, so now the mother... I don't know why. She's warming up to him and telling him, you know, like being open with him. It makes no sense this, why they like this monster. I don't know. So is he going to sleep with the dad afterwards? Oh, yeah. What a, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of awkward. I, I don't think I, it makes me really reconsider my uh, fan. I used to be a big fan of this band. And uh, that's <laughs> all. now when I listen to Angel, Angel, Down We Go, I just feel creeped out. Angel, Angel, Down We Go. Listen, <laughs> I, I don't even, know if Morrissey sang that song or he made up his own one, but I did not want to find out. No, that's, you know, that's the lyrics. Because if you say the song is called Angel, Angel, Down We Go, you, you tend right. to sing it that way. Look how close he is to her breast, and she is allowing it. Yeah, yeah, I know. You can see the shadow of his penis on her. He just, she's just yeah. like, you're a jerk. And he goes, yeah, but I'm going to rub your boobs. And she goes, well, I don't like it, mister. <laughs> she doesn't do anything about it, but she's like, yeah. He is. He's like giving her a breast massage. Well, it's like her collarbone or something weird. It makes no sense. Like, right. you would be massaging hair on the back of her shoulder. That's where the muscle is. So, I don't yeah. know. She's just an actress going with his stupid thing, I guess. Body McDowell did a lot of Batman. A lot of Batman. Three different Batman series. Okay. Well, he was in the 66 version? Yup. It's something called the bookworm. I don't remember. Oh, Batman. Let's see. Uh, it looks like you can't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> That's one. Bookworm. Now, look, she's on the ceiling, but they don't explain it. Oh. As a matter of fact, they're telling her, get down off the ceiling. There's Roddy with his muscles. Yeah, look at him. He looks pretty good. Yep. Especially See, that's if you're why from the she ceiling. was considered a fat girl because most people look like him. Right. You go to the store and there'd be like lettuce, right? There'd be a peach. Right. Yeah. It yeah. wouldn't be super creamy yuckios. I love super creamy yuckios, especially the <laughs> seasonal flavors. Oh yeah, the cream-filled seasonal flavors. They yeah, the pumpkin cream. spice, the pumpkin candy spice. cane. Yeah, that's great cream. <laughs> The, the thing is, San Francisco doesn't, you know, there's no pumpkins growing. Listen, every year I go apple picking and pumpkin picking. I bet you don't. I, I, I had an opportunity to go cherry picking. Right, exactly. Right, exactly. I what think I we both agree. Is, what I mean to say is you can't have pumpkin spice. It doesn't make sense that Dunkin' Donuts gives you pumpkin spice coffee in October. <laughs> it's out of place. Okay, never mind. Okay, look. She slept with him. Yeah. Gross. And, yeah. And now she's going to be like, I love you. And then he's going to be like, I'm stealing your jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> Such a jerk. Oh, boy. I guess he's crossed off the St. Peter's list. <laughs> Next. Yeah, man. Next. Rockstar. Uh, tell me about this your life. Rockstar guy, uh, he was, I don't know what's interesting about him. For our show, he was in the Fat Five. 
He was in the fat spy. I love that movie. Again, not so fat, but... Oh, she's off the ceiling. Yeah, and she is when he comes home. She was trancing on the ceiling. Oh, instead of dancing, he's trancing? Yeah, she was in a trance. The actor was also in The Return of the Magnificent Seven, which I don't know anything about. It just seems like a sequel that didn't fly. It was from the 80s. I remember the theme song. It's the return of the Magnificent Seven. One time he kind of got screwed over. Um, this rock star. He was in a rock band called The Wild Ones, and they were the first people to record Wild Thing. Da, oh, not da, the Trogues. You make my heart sing. Yeah, keep going. So it was going to be their signature song, but a, but a year later, that Trogues band put it out. Yeah. And Jimi Hendrix took it. Yeah. So they got screwed over. They got screwed over twice. I thought fucking Jimi yeah. Hendrix screwed over the Trogs with doing it, making it his own, but there you go. Like, how weird is that? I mean... The guy who wrote Wild Thing, the song, yeah. he's the brother of John Voight. Really the rich brother of John Voight. <laughs> I don't know. If he has some Wild Thing money? Yeah, well, I, no, I don't know. It was, you know, the 60s, 69. Okay, so... The only thing interesting about this guy is he is married, or was, married to Richard Burton's first wife, Sybil Burton. Oh. Is that interesting? Sybil Burton, and, and uh, I believe Richard Burton left her, right? I don't know Taylor? the backstory, just the internet told me. Yeah, but like he, he left his wife for Liz Taylor, and he, she left his that her husband. That sounds right. I think it was uh, Eddie Cantor. The God. thing is, they were right for each other because they were drunk, miserable losers, and they were really—if <laughs> they had been with other people, they probably would not have. Dis- She's so fascinating, Liz Taylor. I'm fascinated by Liz Taylor. Mm. She lived a hundred lives. You know, she reminds me of Richard Pryor, just like stories, or, or Jerry Lewis, even. Uh huh. Like their lives are interesting, and it, and it never stopped interesting is why she was successful I mean she was well Cleopatra I see her from those days but I mean later on well all right now this Jennifer Jones her original name was Phyllis right and she like married this guy from Chicago and she had children with her and but she never was successful and she was about to quit she was 25 years old she was about to quit Right. Acting, so she said, "I'm going to try one last audition." So she went to the audition, and she did terrible, or at least she thinks so. And she was auditioning for Scarlett O'Hara in Gone with the Wind, believe it or not. 1939. Correct. And then she ran out of the place crying, crying her eyes out. I fucked up. And the guy who's like the director, um, what's the, the head of the studio, um. Selznick ran after her going, you are great. I loved you. You were terrific. Her name was Phyllis, believe it or not, at the time. And so he signed her to this um, Selznick Studios and gave her a part in the song, called, the song of Bernadette, which she won an Oscar for. 
she left her family, her children and her husband, really? and married Yap Selznick. And then the husband drank himself to death and died. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't... That was all the action over there. God, that's so depressing. <laughs> yeah, and she went on to try to kill herself <sighs> after her fame was starting to wane. She had lots of 1940s success. She made a last-ditch attempt, actually, to... As you know, in Towering Inferno, she quit. She quit acting. It was her, like, last thing, and it was something that somebody gave her because it was another thing to write about, you know, in the press. Yeah. But she tried to do Terms of Endearment, you know, the part that Sh- Shirley MacLaine played? Uh-huh. Oh, she didn't get the role? She didn't, and she lobbied triple hard for it. She really fought for that role with I the know. right people. Like uh, muffin baskets every morning. <laughs> yep. Free, free coupons. Yep. Sh- sh- sending champagne to your table when you're out at dinner. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Taking your tab when you're at the bar. You know, triple campaign. Just, oh, you're executive producer, are you? Let me get you. What are you having? Okay, you see the jewels on his thigh. Uh-huh. Okay, so now he's like, what are these worth? And she explains they're the most you know, billion dollar, billion, whatever. Apparently they hung around Marie Antoinette's head, a neck. Uh, head. And then he's going to be like, come on, lady, lady, try to catch him. Try to catch a jewel. <laughs> and basically he, he makes off with them and just keeps them. And she's still his, his friend and they go places together and she, he won't give the diamonds back. It makes no sense. Yeah, he's got it in his mouth. An old lady. Oh. Then jump with us. No. What? Call your husband in Hong Kong. Why? Don't you want to report a jewel thief? Oh. No one could break into the vault. You mean you? You're mad. Oh, lady, lady. That was your generation. Lady, lady. I hate that. Send them the way to booby hatches, or put them in the White House, or gave them a big... <sighs> so two hours of this Mark. movie, it's just about a guy who takes fucks a virgin and then her mom, and then takes the jewelry. Yep. And this angel, tr- angel, down we go. Shut up! But it's pretty petty. That's pretty bad. I was going to say it's pretty yeah. petty, but sleeping with uh, the daughter and the mom is pretty bad. Lou Rawls recorded 70 albums, three Grammys, 13 Grammy nominations, yeah. a platinum album, five gold albums, and a gold single. Yeah. Yeah. And he has a Hollywood Walk of Fame star. Oh, good for Lou Rawls. That's pretty good. He passed Of course, away. so does Roddy McDowell, of course. Well, uh, yeah. He, Roddy McDowell, I mean, he had a long history, too. Yeah. So I encourage people to go to YouTube and look this up. I didn't do it. I meant to do it for my research, but Sunday just came. 1977 Grammy Awards, Lou Rawls is singing, You'll Never Find uh-huh. Another Love Like Mine. But he had a coughing fit, apparently. And he kept going, and he finished the song. Someone to tell you the way I do. <laughs> wow, I didn't, I didn't check know it that. out, but... Oh, check it out. So yep. it's at the Academy Awards. He's, co- he's going through a basis yeah. of professional? The Grammy Awards. Grammy Awards. Yeah. Look, they're doing Monkey in the Middle, and she's the monkey. Oh, 
They are not nice people. Right. Now, the daughter is sort of like not in it. She's just in horror. How can I help my mother? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're making, making fun of the mom? That's... Yeah. It's they like your like, mother jokes with back. the mother in the room. Well, they think, no, it's just, they think it's so funny that she's, she can't have the jewels. Because they're mean people. I know, and they're petty. They're enough of the jewels already. It's so tacky. That okay, so now the daughter has it, and she, like, switches up. She's like, I want these for myself. And she changes her tune and doesn't give them to the mom. Well, it's the, it's the least she could do. The mom did sleep with her boyfriend. Look, it says 700 pounds. No way. Maybe she's 280. What do you think? No way. No way she's pounds. 280. I don't know. I know she doesn't look so bad. 260. She doesn't look so bad. <laughs> yeah. Look at her muscle. I could, this photo collage, I mean, I guess that was the style of the time, but I mean, there's pretty See, they insult her by making her a monkey. She's fantasizing she's a monkey. It's awful. Well, she does that king in the jungle. <laughs> Look at the other Statue of Liberty. They must have gone to a kindergarten and said, listen, we we got a film to shoot in two days. We need you to do photo class. <laughs> Here's the storyboards. Storyboards are Shirley like second Kaplan. graders. Shirley Kaplan did it all. She was commissioned and it's artsy. Yeah. Okay, so now the deed is done. He's taken the virginity of the daughter. He's banged the mom. The mom was like, I love you. And he goes, do you love me enough to give me the jewels? Or he stole the jewels. She doesn't have her jewels and she's all depressed. Now the phone's ringing and he's like, you know that's Hong Kong. Uh-huh. Get the phone. I was just going to tell the husband. And there's dad. Yeah, there's the dad. Why is he lounging around welcome in her home? I know this guy needs to go. He outstayed his welcome. Now, there was this Italian movie called Tiormima, Tiormima, something like that, by Paolo Pasoli. It's a 1968 allegory mystery film, the internet tells me, yeah. in which an upper-class Milanese, I guess that's Milan, the city Milan. family, is introduced and then abandoned by a divine force. Like there's an angel and comes and sleeps his way through the household, huh. and they say this was inspired by it. Oh, yeah, I, I that's the kind of guy that I I know of his films, but I, I never seen him. And I should. I, he, yeah, yeah. He's got his place in history, so you know his name. Yeah, rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> Paolo pa- Pasolini. So right now she's saying, all the things I ever said to you about not liking you, that was a lie. I love you. Please come home and save me. Love your beard. Oh, here comes the asshole. Look at that. Whoa, hanging around. Yeah. Now he knows what's going on. He's getting seduced by this guy. For some reason, she agrees to go skydiving with them. Why? Uh, again? I guess he had right uh, now, 
pair of tickets. He was again going to be a real jerk to her and push her off the diving board. That was just dangerous. The fact that she's lying down on the diving board is pretty creepy. Yup. All right, walk the plank. And she's like, no, please don't, no. Why is he still in the house? I know. Like, at this point, you, you should say you got to leave. Yeah. Whoa. Down she goes. It's not even yeah. down we go. Down <laughs> you mother, go. Mother, mother. Down you go into the pool. Mother, mother. Mother, mother. Down you go. And there she is. Oh. Tattoo. That would make her a Jew, not a Nazi. It wasn't a number she had tattooed on her. Wait, what's a tattoo? I can't tell you. You're not playing the game, baby. Inside, on her thigh. Was it bigger than a bread box? A mermaid. I don't believe it. Truth, truth, you must believe it. What We're talking about her? her maids when she was a... Her, oh, uh, what do you call it when you take the nannies? All her nannies when she was a kid and how certain ones stole and others didn't. Oh... Uh. And the mother's shocked because she helped them steal. Look how they smashed her face. She agrees to go to the skydiving, but she goes, she wants to go to Santa Monica Pier first because she wants to touch her childhood. That's where she went to high school. That's where she grew up, Santa Monica. Wow. All right, the good. father was a cotton candy guy who read a lot of books here. or something. And Why? And the daughter's like, I don't want to be here because she never told me about this place, so it's got to be bad. Now, there's nobody at the beach. Wow, that is a big, fat-ass cow of candy. $200. And look how she's dressed like it's a little chilly. Does that make sense for Los Angeles? Yeah, there's some wind blowing. Look at her little shawl blowing. Now, the thing is, the internet says that this was filmed in only two locations, but clearly this is Santa Monica Beach. It says that one of the locations was um, the studios of, let me just find it here. Well, I mean, they could have uh, like had Cotton Candy Day at the studio, and they just shot in the, common, in the parking lot. She threw away the Cotton Candy. Is the um yeah, and it's some sort of allegory. Instead of giving the money, she gave all the jewelry. She's like really bummed out. And then dropped it, and then the rock star's like, "Give me the jewelry." That's right. He gives them the fifteen cents or whatever it costs. Boy, I can't wait to tell Leo of Leo's Hardware where the fuck that was behind him. She's walking on the beach barefoot too. No syringes in the beach. That's classy beach. I found it. Okay. It says, okay, it was Metro Golden Mayor Studios where they filmed this in Culver City. I don't know how they got so well. American, AIG paid, uh, um, American International paid money for this. Um, okay, the Beverly Hills house that they film at is a Get Hurst house. So you, hmm. Huh. Oh, she's running. William Randolph Hearst had a trophy wife, uh, and that was her house. And then the Hearst, like Patty Hearst family, yeah. lived there. And then somebody rich named Getz lived there. Um, the mansion of star Marion Davies. I don't know. Everybody knows that film, uh, that uh, house. It was like a lot of famous people lived yeah, there. Yeah, that's uh, like it was in Citizen Kane. Didn't they like make fun of the house? I, I know because I'm in Northern California. 
Yeah. And it's part of the California landscape, I guess. Oh, so what's going By the on, way, I never talked about it. climb up palm what? trees, and then they shake them down so that Mommy and Daddy can go to paradise with all their teeth and before they're old and before they're They really hate this couple that's let them in their house for the two weeks. Yeah, she just relayed a horrible story about natives on this island, and what they do is when their mummy and daddy get to a certain age, they climb up these uh, coconut trees, palm trees, and the children at the bottom shake it so that they fucking fall out of it and die. And the point is so that they die before they're old and lose their teeth and go bald. I don't know. It's horrible. <laughs> well, we're getting towards an ending, so something's awful going to happen. So let's make some yes. bets. Now, this something is Cult of the Dam from 1969. So Charlie Manson. Yep. Yeah. So is he going to go mad and kill everyone or have his follow his nope. rock band? No? No, because they just renamed it to, to exploit. You know what American International was all about? They just exploited the fact that Manson was in the news. So they had this charismatic rock star, so they changed it to Cult of the Damned. That is so bad. Yeah. Huh. Because it's just about money. It's just about money. Ooh, look at that fucking stereo system and the built in the wall, and you could use your yeah. feet right by your bed. That's a rich person's uh, thing. That's a Harmon Carmen for 69. They bought it, it was so long ago, Carl, this movie, that they bought the mm-hmm. wall stereo system from the Sharp image. <laughs> from the Sharp? That was just the original Sharp image? Yeah. I remember that chain, the shark image stores. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the yeah, they were the revived in the 90s, right? Yeah. They got sharper. <laughs> Look, I want to tell you some stuff about Roddy McDowell only because he's interesting. It really doesn't fit his film interesting. at all. No, but he's a yeah. great guy. So you know who the horse whisperer is? A guy named Monty Robert? What was his deal? Like, why was he whispering it to horses? <laughs> The horse whisperer, as I know you know. No, I never saw the horse whisperer. He could understand. He could understand what's going on in a horse's mind, and therefore, really train them well. Like you know how they let Sea Biscuit, not Sea Biscuit, was it Sea Biscuit? Uh, they let him see that he was competing with the other horse, and so he wants to win. Uh huh. Seabiscuit. Well, anyway, this horse whisperer, who's very famous, that's where Dog Whisperer name came from, was Roddy McDowell's stunt double for his childhood roles. Wow. So he must have been running around a lot of horses during, like, the B-roll shoots. <laughs> and they, so like, he hated wearing the makeup of the uh, Planet of the Apes movies. It would itch, and yeah. he couldn't touch his face. It right. used to drive him crazy. Yeah. yeah there's, there's photos of him drinking with straws. It's hilarious. Yeah. But it must have been awful. What else can he do? Practical special effects. He needs CGI. All you got to do is put a little <laughs> dot on your face. Boom, yeah. bada bing, bada boom. Computer. Right. Computer does the acting Well, I mean, they, um, you know, they paid him what's equivalent to today as millions. So it's like, well, it sucks, but I'm working. I'm working. He wore his makeup on the Carol Burnett show in 67, and apparently Carol Burnett really was scared. Went, ah! 
Oh wait, well, he he she said makeup, and some guy ran and said uh, makeup. Uh, it said he had appeared on the episode of the Carol Burnett Show, 1967, wearing his Planet of the Apes uh, makeup. The gotcha. look of fright on Carol Burnett's face was reputed to be genuine. Yeah, because she realized that Planet of the Apes is actually Earth all along. Ah, you bastard! You bastard! You blew you, it up! You blew it all up! Okay, so you can see that they're passing around this chalice and they're eating something, and it's supposed <sighs> it's to be so stupid. Um, uh, you know, when you take um, communion, uh, I know you're Catholic like me, so when we take communion, um, but there was an avant-garde uh, filmmaker. Okay, wait. Avant-gardist Kenneth Anger. Yeah, Kevin Anger, uh, right? He did uh, Hollywood Babylon. He wrote a great book called Hollywood Babylon. And I know his well, movies, Kenneth, too. Kenneth, right? Kenneth? It might be a different guy. Oh, he was right. an avant-garde person, and apparently they lifted this from him. So, Roddy oh, McDowell is trying to say, like, yeah, I'm homosexual, but I'm just sexual. I'm not homosexual. He goes... They asked me if I was homosexual, and he goes, hey, man, anything can turn me on. A carrot, a carrot can turn me on. And I was thinking to myself, that's pretty phallic. Yeah. I think he might be gay. Well, yeah, and a vegetarian. Yeah. Yeah. With great eyesight. <laughs> so He's the, got his own star of... Uh, Go ahead. I was going to say, like, Kenneth Anger, he wrote a great book called Hollywood Babylon, and he also did these movies which were very kind of erotic, like uh, Bikers, and I wish I could remember the titles, but they're, mm -hmm. they're well-known, for sure, and they're avant-garde, so they are ripping off this movie, which is a rip-off. They're ripping off the best, I guess. Right. This movie they're is a rip-off. ripping off the best. I mean, but what, they're ripping off. That like, they, it's hippies. Like, I mean, what were they expecting? Like, people were like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this this hippie drama." It's AIP. I keep saying AIG. Yeah, but so they're, right they're explaining the you. It's 1969. I mean, it's it's very current. <laughs> oh. I had the best doctors. They put you out. They. She doesn't remember the daughter's birth. I don't That's remember how unimportant it was. Oh, yeah. No, my mom doesn't remember it either. Every year on my birthday, she calls me up and she said, did you take out the garbage? <laughs> is it, that's why you call me? Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor, his best friend, made a special ring for him. And when you see him, I mean, way back to when she made Cleopatra in 63. So when you see him in movies, you see that ring on his finger. All right. Um, FYI. Okay. Too late, too late, Astrid Steele. But you didn't. Drop forth me. <sighs> yeah, I know. This, don't worry, it's going to end. There's a lot to lot oh, of talky talk. Yeah, stuff. well, uh, the audience is probably relieved as well. This podcast, um, too. I don't know who Carol Lawrence and Robert Goulet are. You do, I bet, right? Robert Goulet, he's the singer. And he was in... Uh, uh, police account no uh, Naked Gun uh huh Naked Gun films do you know Carol Lauren no sorry okay well apparently 
it was Malcolm, Mc, it was Roddy McDowell who introduced the two of them. And so she always jokes that, you know, he's why they have a child. And oh, I don't know. Well, that's he good. Made, yeah. I guess I, I don't get that joke, but, you know, maybe because I don't know the uh, references. It's Robert Goulet, he's famous enough, so he introduced him to his wife. I gotcha. Whoop-dee-doo. Okay, enough <laughs> of Roddy McDowell. Who else is interesting? Uh, oh, by no the one. way, yeah. she still has the jewels, and she's like, you won't you won't give me my jewels. And she goes, of course I'll give you the jewels. I don't want them. Okay, now they're preparing. See, that's the thing. Like, She never got her jewels back. I would be furious. That's I know. why I'm mad at this film. She didn't do anything about it. Can you imagine, like, not, you go to your jewel box and, like, instead of jewelry, it's like a bunch of paper mache uh, photo collages? No, you saw. <laughs> good one. You saw them making her monkey in the middle. And I when know. the daughter got him, she didn't give him back. So rude. It is. And she's not been a rude person to her mother this whole film until now. Do you, uh,. God. Now she's a f- deathly afraid of planes, and she got on the phone with the husband in Hong Kong, saying, "Come home," saying, "I'm going skydiving," and he's like, "But you are free- freaked out by planes." Right. And she goes, "Well, you know." The husband you said, don't "Go skydiving." You will. You will come and visit me in Hong Kong. Will you jump out of a plane? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's too so scary to fly to Hong Kong. She's getting, she's getting all dressed now, ready to do her dive, and the mom, the daughter's going to be the pilot, and they're just being mean to each other. Mean. Not a good scene. Not a good scene, man. You got to make sure you're nice to your pilot before you jump off the plane. <laughs> okay, now here's the rock star manipulating her. Look, she has no boobs. Why? And the the husband shows up, and he's like. Look at that. Yeah, here it goes. Lady, lady. Just wave, lady, lady. Don't go over there. Lady, lady. I hate that. He says that all the time. So he refused. He doesn't. He gets in the way of them reuniting. He's gonna. This is like Johnny Depp. Make sure she does the jump. All right. We're going skydiving. There she is. See, she's not in a good mood. Not not the best way to fly. Fly the passive aggressive skies. Scene, really, that they did before, except for the fact that they know, got the mom. They're now. jumping with the mom. All right, mom jumps. This is what you always want to say. Jump, mom. Now, the thing that really bothers me, but I mean, they're really flying, it's okay, but it seems to me like they're waiting the plane. You know what I mean? Oh, like, with, a, with that old person in there? Well, all the people are going to hang off that wing. It just seems like it would tip. Right. But I mean, this is a real life thing. There she goes. Right. With Rockstar behind so that she can't back out. Oh, he's such a control freak, Rockstar. Yup. Now, look. He throws away the baton, which they used last time, and pulls out her jewel. Oh, my God, let it go. He's 
such a jerk. Okay, when they jumped, the plane tilted to the right. So obviously the the pilot was compensating. So now I get it. Yeah. Who cares, right? <laughs> uh... Now, the mom's freaked out. They see, she sees the jewel. And she's like, no, no. Like, what if they drop it? Right. Well, someone's going to hurt their head when it yeah, lands. Some, some farmer down below will have pretty good stay when those jewels... Oh, no, I dropped the jewels on the uh, forest planet of Earth. Cut to a forest. <laughs> the forest planet of Earth. Every time I hear that kind of thing, like the such and such planet, I think Earth is all the planets. Right, there's okay, tons of different now, things. there's Mom in orange, okay? Right. She's got uh, no, it. Nope. Sorry. No, no. Uh, yeah. Okay. There's mom in orange. And look at this weird thing that happened. Mom, who has the jewels, super dies. Right. Whoa. And really falls fast. Well, now, that what's is gonna exciting. Happen is they're all going to parachute, but she is not. She splats to her death now. No, not mom. Yep. Splatter day. Ah! Like she can't pull the cord because the mom pull the, the cord. Way. I don't know. I'm on the phone with the genius far, uh, bar. They're gonna tell me how to put to use this parachute. Mom, stop calling Apple. <laughs> you want to call a friend? Own a friend. Yeah, don't. My neighbor Murray told me that you should never pull the cord. Stop listening Apple to your neighbor Murray. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Oh, so we missed the splat. Well, yeah, they don't show us the splat. They just... Now, look how happy Rockstar is. Right. He don't care at all. It's a great thing that just happened. Somebody died and the father is sad. Now, look. Yeah, he's, he's, fu- he's still, still in the with. car. Why isn't he like, you fucker, you killed my wife. You know, that's why I'm so mad at this film. I know, you fucked my daughter and my wife and then you killed my... Now he's putting his leg on him. Now he's going to ask him... Now, why would this guy consent to that? Yeah, he is not a good guest. Yeah, and you see, he's mad about it, just like the wife was. But that doesn't mean he doesn't do it, that he... Yeah. You know, like, he, he's it's unpleasant, and he's upset, and he's still going to let him do it. Listen, I give that guest one star. Rockstar gets one star and guest star. <laughs> one oh. star, yeah. So now... We're hearing the voiceover of. Okay, well, too late. Easy. Lovely. Relaxed. See the, uh, the guy feeding the, the father and saying, Why do you have children? They just try to kill you or eat you or something. Yeah, wait, is he fantasizing this or is this like in the future? After they get out of the car? This is in the future, I guess. Really? God. I guess. This rockstar sucks. Yup. See, this is why I listen to the techno, Carl. There's none of this ego. My childhood. <laughs> My childhood was perfect. I listened to Liquid Sky over this guy's song. I know, Liquid Sky. <laughs> Aren't you jealous? <laughs> Are you? Yeah, Fonseca. That's so funny that he used to. Me and mine with the box. The box. 
By the way, Mike, I have to tell you something. On our YouTube channel, if there's sex in the title or something, like uh-huh. I talk to a naked lady, there's over 3,500 views on... Uh, I see, yeah, I saw that. On naked, no, but there's 3,500 on this um, School for Sex. Yeah. School for Sex. Now, people probably click on there and say, sex, sex, and then they see it's a black and white film and they quit on it. But it doesn't matter. we got a hit count of that. Well, do we have any and comments? I can't see comments on my phone. Like, I haven't figured that out yet. So I, I want to... Read all the bad things people say about me. In nobody says anything bad. There isn't many comments. Okay. In the school for sex, somebody wrote. They wrote in the comments twenty minute twenty two. Ooh. So, yeah. Let's give it up for minute twenty two. I told you that yeah. was my favorite part. So somebody's watching it enough that they bumped into the twenty second minute. Yeah. The, oh. Well, it sounds like he watched it on mute though. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Um, if you guys want to check it out, Carl has is, is been on A Labor of Love. He's actually has yeah. more than two dozen of our broadcasts where he synced it up with the movie. So you can watch the movie and hear us without listening. Oh, it's over. Shit. Yeah, that's right. Oh, God. This guy sucks. Yeah. It makes me want to be a Satanist in the song. He goes on to be fine and live a nice life and... Yeah, but he fucked the, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Mom's mom's dead. Mom's daughter's dead. Sad. Da- daughter's the sad. Dad's all beat up from yeah. the guy. Yeah, dad's all whipped. Down. Literally down. by him. What was the point of the movie? It's just what a bummer, a nihilistic yeah. bummer. Boo this right. movie, Carl. What'd you think about right. this movie? I think that well, it was perfect for your show. Oh but God! Stop movie. saying that. Nope, but there's lots to talk about, and it's interesting, and we can hate on it together. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is a cult classic. I read about it in Michael Musso's uh, column he had on longreads.com about bad mm. movies, and I was surprised I had never seen it. So thank you, YouTube. Uh, thank you, audience, for watching it. Next week, uh, we'll be back, May 26th. We have a show, and we are going to be watching a sequel to one of my favorite movies, second sequel, and that is Shaft and Africa. Uh, there is a oh. full version of it. And, oh, that uh, horrible. Shaft. Yeah, so I'm going to play the trailer. This is courtesy of Movie Clips Classic Trailers. Shaft and Africa official trailer number one. You got that there? I'll wait for you. Oh, thank you for waiting for me because I never catch it with the same second as you. Shaft in Africa. And I should put trailer. Nah, yeah. Okay. Or eh, yeah. I should. I, I don't need it. I should have texted this to you five minutes ago. No problem. So right. I do see the trailer, and you said it was which person? Movie clips, classic trailers. All right, let's play it. Okay. All right. Movie so here's our movie for next week. Okay. As soon as that it certainly is Shaft. That's well, hang on. Right. I'm still. I'm still buffering. Here we go. music spot on too. You come. We found them in, Mr. Shaft. You. And what do I have to do? Become a slave. We need a trained investigator. He has to let himself be recruited. In Africa. Africa's the name. Shaft's the game. From MGM. <laughs> this is it. The biggest shaft of all. Shaft in Africa. Shaft is back. 
where he's never been before. Hitting the mother country like a black tornado. Got named Shafty who'll be bad with a stick. It's a brand new scene. Cross leg, cross leg. A whole new number. When this uptown dude from the concrete jungle trades his wheels for a camel and his for a CNI stick. 36 exposures. Extra film in here. He's James Bond all of a sudden. No, I'm not yeah. James Bond. Simply Sam Spade. In the Sam Spade joke Shack. in the first movie. Tracking down a ring of 20th century slave runners. Across two. Oh, that is so... Listen, the shark is still breathing by this time tomorrow. I'll have you killed. Miss, 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 miss. Why don't you really clamp down on the slave trade? I'll tell you why. Because the black ghettos of Paris is as far away from the Champs Elysees as 125th Street is from Park Avenue. What? It's true. I have a map. From the sin towns of the Ivory Coast. You know who I am, don't yeah. You? Here's my map of Paris. To a slave ship Here's my map from New York City. I love her Black Africa in Paris. Look at the black. Oh, like black him. trouble from Shaft. I think we're on. I think we're on different parts. <laughs> now you're gonna get it. Where's Shaft? This will be great. Uh, you know, I, I've said it before. Shaft is my favorite movie of all time. One, one, of, one of my favorite movies of all time. Just, I love that movie. And this one I've never seen, but I've seen this trailer a couple of times. Shaft in Africa. Wow, he threw him. There you go, Shaft in Africa. That's next week's movie. It's the second sequel. Uh, Shaft. Richard Rountree is in there for sure. I don't think Gordon Parks directs it at all. Carl, uh, I want to thank you for. How many times yeah. did you watch Angel Angel Down We Go? I watched three times, so with you is my fourth time. Oh my God, that's, that's so many my times. my dedication to craft. Well, it shows. Your artwork shows, and people can check out Carl at carlsucks.com or carl.sucks <laughs> or car, at carl underscore 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 underscore. 11 underscores. Uh, yeah. Not jokes to Carl uh, because. Uh, you could do jokes to Carl. Yeah, okay. but you're not going to invite people in. And uh, <laughs> I'm at Spiegel Mania. And uh, wow, that's great. What a great show. See you, Carl. Yeah. See you, Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Bye. audience. Bye. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike song. I, I like friends. My turn-ons are satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to call. The French duh, not the duh duh. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with
bored of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> my friends out at Mutiny Radio. Jester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for <laughs> is in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby.
Hey, mutant nearest Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we gotta serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up a excellent mix of jazz latin gospel hip-hop and traditional folk ballads great stuff check it out labor and love is every saturday 10 a.m to 12 p.m serve somebody subliminal sf visual and auditory mind control brings you the best coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over san francisco and the bay area Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. If you're looking for some delicious late night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside you can find counter offer, offering you amazing late night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit, it's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini and creamy delicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They get them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Blender's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Welcome, Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5, Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Clap your hands now, people. 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 Clap your hands now, people.
Artivist, Las Artivistas, where art and activism unite. I'm Carolea Cunha, and this is Anthony Medina. Picky, picky, boo. <laughs> so we're going to play some music, and then we're going to have our stand-up comedy show start pretty soon. Otherwise, enjoy the music for now. Be back soon. to small business advice, LGBT. Maybe you always look back and think it was better than it was. 
Maybe these are the moments Maybe I've been missing what it's about Been scared of the future Thinking about the past While missing out on now We've come so far I guess I'm proud And I ain't worried about the wrinkles around my smile I got some scars I've been around I felt some pain I've seen some things But I'm here now Those good old things You don't know Today 